0: Turn to the Gospel of Matthew. So we are going to be there for the third week in a row. And hope uh, hope. for hope, hopefully for you, it will be... Um, if you haven't been a part of all of the study, I hope I can kind of help you put that together, where we've been and what's been going on, and then we will um, go from there. So if you would just bow with me. Father, we thank you for your word, for the directives in it, for the clarity, uh, for the the perfection of your word we ask that we would not live our lives as if it's just uh, something that we come and hear on occasion and and that means very little but that it would uh, we would be transformed that we would be changed by it that our lives would be impacted and we would reflect deeply and drink deeply from the well of the scriptures, we would hold them in high regard. We praise you for giving them to us. We praise you for your spirit who guides and directs us in the understanding of it. In Christ's name, amen. So, I will just start with this. What we did was, we took the first ten chapters, because it seems pretty clear that Matthew in his writing, which we said he probably preached many, many times the same messages and then like gets to a place where under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he is guided to write it down and then it's written in such a way that uh, someone who has thought about it and, and of course under God's work, he writes out something that is very structured in a way to lead you to respond and and that's something I think for us sometimes we forget it is not just a biography it is a message and it is a message that tells us a lot about Jesus but it's a message on purpose and a message that kind of stands before you and says like here's the message what are you going to do with the message and that's what the gospels do and Matthew does and so the first 10 chapters he offers us jesus and then what we said was how does matthew show us how people respond to jesus and the last week we said well there were many that rejected him the emphasis really from chapter 11 to the end is rejection that ultimately leads to the death of christ and then this week we're going to go back and say but are, the, are there those that accept him? Are there those that accept him? And what does that look like? So, we're going to look at a lot of different verses, but the recurring theme is the acceptance of Jesus and what that looks like. That's going to be at the heart of it. Because Matthew does not say to you, Jesus came, he presented himself, and then died on the cross because he was rejected and nobody accepted him. That's not what happens. There are a group of acceptors of Christ, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, who become followers who then share the message. Matthew being one of them. And that message keeps being shared, and here we are 2,000 years later, you're still hearing about that. That's, That's the reality. And that is what we hope in. We come here hoping in that reality. And so you just need to think today about not only reception, but then how Jesus is accepted by some. And when he is, it manifests itself in a way uh, that he responds to it many times. And we'll see that also. So I think it's just important for us to kind of nail that down and understand that we really have to kind of see that that jesus is doing this marvelous work matthew's presenting him some are rejecting some are accepting in jesus day and then that continues if you read the book of acts you see that you read um those missionary journeys you see that you see it throughout history all of those things are on display so we're going to get it started and i I just want to start with well let me just say one other thing And I've told you this already, in Matthew it seems like one of the major themes is this. He is redefining the people of God based upon how they respond to the Messiah, the Savior. He's redefining them. It's not the people of God, Jewish people, uh, that are by descent, the Jewish people. He's redefining it based upon Jew or Gentile, how they respond to Jesus. And that's going to specifically be called, in Matthew 16, the church. Those who believe in Christ. And so, uh, always throughout history, there have been people who have responded in faith. They, they are the children of Abraham by faith, and you'll see them along the way. It's kind of always been there. But uh, Matthew's going to make that very clear. And so, um, let's kind of move forward. So, Again, if you're, I don't know, have your phone, you're just going to be clicking through, you have your Bible, you'll be flipping through Matthew, and I, you know, I think it's important and certainly, well, anytime, to take notes, but in this kind of case, you just kind of, if you wanted to note it, you can, and I think that would be helpful, but I just want you to look, starting in Matthew chapter 1, verse 3, and all I want you to see is in verse 3 and in verse 5, there are three women mentioned says verse 3 Judah is the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar and then you go on and uh, the the father of Boaz by Rahab and the father of Obed by Ruth and what you find out is Matthew could have not mentioned those people in Jesus genealogy but those are three women Mary will be the fourth in that genealogy but those three women are all Gentile women they are not Jewish women. And I think that's important. And really, I mean, Tamar, I mean, that's, I don't know, Genesis 39, you go back and look at that. The other two, there's this evidence of, like, faith, of trusting in the Lord. And so I just think it's important to see that and to say, I mean, Ruth says in verse six, chapter 1, verse 16 of the book of Ruth, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you, for where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Speaking to her mother-in-law, your people shall be my people, and your God my God. She is identifying with uh, the people of God, and she is carrying whatever burden that might come with that. And so, that is a sign of faith. So we say, Jesus is offered, Jesus is rejected. Jesus is accepted, and what we're thinking about today is the acceptance of Christ. I want you to see Matthew 1:24. Again, this is not—we're not going to talk about the Jew and Gentile the whole time, but we will. Sh- I will show you in a few moments where Matthew's just going to say, "Hey, like, see these people—they're responding to Jesus properly." But in Matthew 1:24, uh, you remember Joseph woke from sleep. And he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. What is that saying? He heard the message. Revelation came. God revealed the plan for Mary and says, You're a part of that. And the angel of the Lord told him what to do. Take her as your wife. It is an act of faith, it is believing God. And it cost him something. It's not like his life was easy. Uh, he had to go to Egypt. He had to live over there a couple of years and come back out of Egypt. And uh, there was reproach that came with being identified with her and with that child. That it, it's just uh, it would be a strange deal. Go on to Matthew two two. Now this is a Gentile, and what, remember what we would say is a Gentile is someone that's not a Jew. It is somebody that's not a part of that that uh, the family. Uh, The Jewish family, uh, they did not grow up, uh, or they're not naturally a Jew. And so Matthew 2, 2. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Who's asking this? This is the Magi. For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Most people would say these people traveled a thousand miles. Gentile people who see a star may be receiving the message from uh daniel and in that time of being there they travel uh, a long distance with a lot of people and their royalty and they come to see the king and they want to come and see him and when they come to see him they are uh when when they get there they're going to bow down and worship him so again it's like a response people respond to the christ now Keep going. Um, you'll see, actually, let's look at that. In Matthew 2:10, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child, and they fell down and worshiped him and brought treasures. What does that show you? It, 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 there's something about their one, they've received revelation, and the response to revelation is get up and go find him, they get there and they bow down and worship him. That, that's kind of, sometimes people will say, uh, for instance, I trusted in Jesus when I was a little kid uh, and it didn't, it's like, did it result in anything? Like following him, worshiping him, offering your gifts to him. Well, no, 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 no. It's like, what is that? an unsaving faith? I mean, what is that? Believing or saving faith initiated by God, empowered by the Spirit of God, results in something. It results in people bowing down in worship and offering their lives to Him. That's what it results in. You can say, well, I believed and then I went on and lived my life or whatever, but hey, he believed, remember, way back then? He believed when he was 10. And it's like, well, what kind of belief was that? It doesn't mean you can't have saving faith at 10. Certainly you can. But saving faith is a, a, a faith that results in something. It's an active faith. It is a, an obedient faith. That's what Paul calls it in Romans. The obedience of faith. And sometimes you kind of meet somebody and say, look, don't you understand? You're looking for evidence of an an obedient faith. A faith that is wrought by the Holy Spirit manifests itself in a working faith. An active faith. And so, we see that on display. And there are moments, certainly, as we'll see with the disciples, where Jesus will say, Oh, you have little faith. it's not that they didn't believe in him, but they are having moments where they're struggling with doubts. I mean they're battling with that. but we see when Jesus oftentimes in Matthew you'll see uh, that the faith he commends is a faith that evident is, is very evident. It's very evident and very clear. So um, in Matthew five, Matthew sorry Matthew 4 verses 18 through 22 remember we said Jesus is offered the response by some is rejection by the ones we're looking at today is acceptance. The acceptance looks like believing and following him Matthew 4:18 through22 Jesus calls disciples. while walking by the Sea of Galilee he saw his two brothers Simon and Andrew his brother casting a net in the sea for they were fishermen and he said to them follow me and I will make you fishers of men that's what did they do they are left with a response and what is the response immediately they left their nets and followed him that's saving faith they are following after him it, but he's not just calling them to follow him around and like watch him he is training them he's guiding them to become fishers of men it, it's for them it was a very special calling with those 12 but he's he has things for them to do and he goes on and you look at 19 and are 21 and 22 you will see two other james and john called by him Matthew 8 2 and 3 there are people that come to Jesus and say and again you could say well what kind of faith are we talking about well whatever kind of faith we're talking about it's just a faith saying like I believe you can do what you say you're going to do you know Matthew 8, 2, and 3, I believe that you're the one who is capable of doing these things. He says, and behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. It's just the idea there is this person is coming to him in faith, believing he will do, I mean, what he can do. If he wants to do, he can do it. It's just a trusting of the Lord. It's coming to Him in a simple and humble fashion and asking Him, kneeling before Him, which we see again, and saying, Lord, Lord, if You want to, if we know, I know that You can do. And let's move on. Matthew 8, 5 through 13. We're not going to read all of this, but I do love it. It's a centurion. He says, He entered Capernaum, and a centurion came forward. Again, a Gentile person, uh, not a Jewish person. He comes to him, and I mean, it's a shocking picture here. He says, Lord, my servant, verse 6, is lying, paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me, and I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. This is a picture of a Gentile believing in Jesus' great authority. Verse 10, when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said, to those who followed him, truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. While the sons of the king will be thrown into the outer darkness. What is he saying? He is saying, this is a big picture of redefining the people of God based upon their response to Israel's Messiah. What he's saying is, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they are the patriarchs of the promise of God that he would send and save a people. He is saying these Jewish people who are rejecting Jesus will be cast into the outer darkness. These Gentiles will be sitting at the table because they are accepting Israel's Messiah. That's what he's saying. He's saying, and that's what he'll say in Genesis, I mean, in Matthew 14 and 15, there will be a presentation of people being carried out into the wilderness in chapter 16. The church will be presented to you, kind of, is what we're saying. So this is what's happening. When you're looking at this, you are saying uh, the proper response to Jesus is faith, is trusting him is believing on Him. And people will be at the table not because of their natural descent. They are at the table because of their spiritual relationship with Him. Because they are trusting in Him by faith. Now, if you're here today, and you are standing outside of the people of God, you are not sitting at the table. You are outside of that because for whatever reason, you will not enter in. If you're standing outside of that, you are standing among those who rejected Jesus, those who are going to be cast in the outer darkness. But those who believe in Him, those who come in humble faith, trusting him for who he is those people will be sitting at the table they will be in the family they will be brought in they are adopted in they are children of abraham by faith they have hope in the promises of god if you are outside of that you are in rebellion against the lord if you are inside of that you are in a relationship with the lord that is clearly on display. So Jesus shows us what it's like in His kingdom. Now, again, Matthew 8:23 through27, we're not saying that all through her faith are like the, have the most robust faith all the time. 8:23 through27, In in 8.25, they went and woke him and said, Save us, Lord. The disciples are in a boat. It gets kind of scary. Jesus is asleep. They wake him up. He looks at them and says, Why are you afraid? It's like, Do you know who you're with? I own the sea. I spoke the sea into existence. This is my sea. What are you worried about? And uh, well, I mean, we sing that song, this is my father's world. It's kind of like saying like, if you're in the father's family, what are you worried about? This is my father's world. And, and it's kind of like that if you're in the boat with Jesus on the sea, it's his boat, it's his sea, it's his wind, it's his everything. What are you worried about? But they are going to battle with that. And and you know what that's like and I know what that's like. I know what it's like to say, Lord, I believe in you, help my unbelief. I believe in you, help my unbelief. I believe in you, help my unbelief. Over and over and over and over and over again. Sometimes it manifests itself in fear. Sometimes it manifests itself in anger. Sometimes it manifests itself in so many different ways. But he's saying, I mean, when you're looking at this, I think it's just important to say, These people believe, but they are struggling with moments of unbelief. When life collides with what they believe, they struggle at moments. But these are people that are following Him by faith. Matthew 9, 1 and 2. Verse 2, actually, let's just go there. There is this man who is unable to walk, paralyzed. Some people brought to him a paralytic, it says, lying on a bed, and when Jesus saw their faith. You see this evidence. What are they doing? This person can't care for themselves. They are taking care of someone who cannot care for themselves. And they are serving that person. They are bringing that person to Jesus. They long to see this person they know know and love to be healed, and they know where to go. Matthew 9.9. 9. Matthew's mentioned here. He says, he, he saw a man, Jesus did, called Matthew sitting at a tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And what did he do? He rose and followed him. It's just, that's what it looks like. I and mean, that's what... He, he gets up and he follows him. That, that's what that looks like. If, if you're not following Jesus, there's a problem. You're not trusting him. You're not resting in him. You're not relying on him. You're not wanting to serve him. You're not bowing before him. You want to look at another interesting, I mean, just evidence? Matthew nine twenty. This lady has been sick for 12 years. And she thought to herself, if I could just touch the fringe of his garment, just, just touch it. What, what does that show you? She, she doesn't even think he needs to say anything. If I can just get close enough to touch the like fringe of his garment, I would be healed. She's, it's an evidence of trusting the Lord. It is an evidence of believing upon him. There's a man in Matthew 9, 18 and 19 who is a ruler. And he says, my daughter has just died and says, like Jesus, you can heal her. Just, he's just trusting in Him. It, it's just important, I think, just to see that, to understand that there are these people who are believing Christ. Now, some people will go so far as to say, well, that means everybody ought to be healed by Jesus. Every time they call out to Jesus, they're healed. I mean, I, don't, I think what's happening in Matthew, as you will see, is this evidence of the kingdom crashing down into this earth. Jesus is the great Messiah who's come, and you see all the evidence of that through these explosive events. It's an amazing time. I mean, that, that's not, I don't know that you, you know, you have to be really careful when you say, well, this is exactly how it would be in all of our lives if we just went to Jesus. It's, again, this is a, we have to say, we have to be clear, he is the Messiah, he's crashed into this earth and, and just been on display here. But I think it is also important to say, the thing that happens over and over is people are putting their faith and hope in the Messiah. They are trusting in him to care for them, to provide for them, to guide them, to save them. We just see that again over and over throughout this. Matthew 9, 27 through 30. There are some blind men that say, have mercy on us, son of David. That is a Messiah. That's a term for the Messiah. They are trusting in the Messiah. They're saying, have mercy on us. And Jesus said to them, verse 28, do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes are open. So again, we're just seeing him do amazing things. You're like, Jared, enough already. All this talk about faith. I mean, is that all you're going to talk about today? Responding to Jesus properly? We're going to hit a few more things. I just want you to see. And that is what we're going to talk about today. So just so you, if you're like ready to like, like, Tap out or whatever. Just kind of lean back. People do it all the time. You know. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Matthew 14. We see Peter step out in faith. And then he starts like, he's not sure what to do. Because he starts seeing the waves come crashing in. In Matthew 14, Jesus said to him, You're, you have little faith. Peter, you just... What's going on with you? And I think for us, like looking at today is like accepting Him is at the heart of this, and also just continually trusting Him. And the people, after as a result of this moment, the Lord uses that in their lives. So, Matthew 15, you keep going, and there's this, this person that comes, and this is a Gentile person. And this, Matthew 15, 21 and 28 is really shocking because this woman comes to him and look what happens it says in the text a canaanite woman from that region came out saying have mercy on us O lord son of david my daughter is severely oppressed by a demon but he did not answer her a word and his disciples came and begging him and begged him saying send her away for she's crying out after us he answered i was sent only to the house of israel or only to the lost uh, lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt down before him and said, Lord, help me. Again, what's going on? In, in, in biblical history, he's coming and presenting himself to Israel, and we're seeing the rejection of Israel. But this woman comes to him, comes to him again. Lord, help me. In a sense, like moving closer to him. And this is what she says. It is... It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs, she said. That's what Jesus said, sorry. She says, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. It's just just a picture here. Jesus is going to push back because he does have a specific thing going on you know at this moment but he's also revealing a heart of one who truly trusts in him and she is on display here now i'm I'm going to look at a couple more and then we're going to kind of conclude this and bring out some kind of things that i think are really helpful one is peter his response in matthew 16 jesus says who do they say that i am and he says, oh, some say, say Elijah, and, and, and some say John the Baptist, and some say Jeremiah, and he says, but who do you say I am? He says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's at the heart of what saving faith is. Believing Jesus to be the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, on this foundation, I will build my church. So, over and over, you are seeing Jesus display what it's like to follow Him. You're seeing His response to genuine, saving faith. He even says later in Matthew 18, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. What what is that? He's saying unless you come... With the heart of a child. Lest you come in that kind of heart, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So, the question really to me when I think about and put this together, there's one of the things that kind of what makes somebody respond? How, How is that? How does that happen? And what is God doing? The reality is is these things, what happens with the disciples, He says to them, flesh and blood does not reveal this to you. It's not something you can come up with. That's what He said, even in, in, in Peter's response in Matthew chapter 16. He says to him, um, Simon, flesh and blood did not reveal it, but my Father who is in heaven. It is something that comes from God. A genuine knowledge that comes from God, an understanding that comes from God, an understanding brought about by the Holy Spirit's work in us to believe. There are a lot of people watching all these things going on with Jesus, and yet they did not believe in Him. They did not truly trust Him. They did not follow Him. They grumbled at Him. They followed Him for a little while, but then like other things got their attention. But saving faith is brought about by God revealing things to us. One of the things in Matthew is you will see over and over a divine passive where what he'll say to the disciples, and in, in really this is what he says in Matthew 13, he says, it was given to you. Your knowledge was given to you. He blesses them with understanding. And so I would say to you today, there's nothing you can like, rejoice in the day and say, oh, I was so great, I believed in Jesus, trusted in Him, followed Him at a young age, like, look, yay to me, or whatever. What you say today when you're thinking about that is you say to yourself, my faith in Him is a gift from Him. My understanding comes from above. My understanding came from being born from above, being born again. If I've trusted in Christ, it's because of His mercy and grace shown to me. And if you trust in Him today, you're looking at Him and saying, you get all the glory for this. You are the one who causes me to be born again. You're the one who causes me to be born of the Spirit. You're the one that activates inside of me an understanding. You're the one who causes me to be born again. It's the Spirit's work. And the evidence of the Spirit's work is seen in you following Jesus and you living for Him And you turning from your own way and trusting Him. And you taking up your cross and following Him. That's what it's going to look like. If you say, I grew up in church. I don't have much to do with Jesus now. I'm not really that into Him. I don't know that much about Him. I don't want to know that much about Him. Like, stop thinking that you're okay. You're not okay. Following Jesus is a life of really uh, turning away from yourself and trusting him it is not okay to stay in neutral either you can't be like like oh I'm, I'm following i'm not really following jesus but i'm not really following after the the things the world trusts in there is no neutral ground you follow him it evidences itself in you trusting Him, believing on Him, relying on Him. When people came face-to-face with Jesus, they either rejected or accepted. There is no middle ground. There is no middle ground. And if you are here today in that middle ground that you think you're in, you're really not, I say to you, trust in Him today. Obey Him today. Follow Him in Believing upon him and thereby like repenting, turning away from your wickedness. Follow him in moving forward in getting baptized. Follow him in starting to serve him day by day. Follow him in day by day learning of him. You follow him. And that's what you're called to do. If you have not, and you are here today and you have not, we ask you, you could speak with me, There are multiple guys around here you'll see on the stage. You ask them, okay, I need to understand more or I need to make sure I understand what it means to follow him. You ask somebody today and we will direct you in following Jesus. We will continue to build on the foundation we have laid here. We ask you to do that. If you're out there in the world on a daily basis talking to people, understand that your responsibility is to be a witness you are calling people to follow Jesus. That is what Jesus said. You will be my witnesses. And so you should be praying, God, give me the ability to see and understand when I can speak to somebody in a clear way and explain to them, Jesus is the Savior of the world. They, he is the only hope for them and for any of us. And so I encourage you to do that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time today. I pray that we would be a people who hope in You with all of our hearts. That we would put our faith in You. That we would walk in submission to You. That we would trust that You are our only hope. That we would not live a life thinking that we're okay because we made some profession early on that meant very little to our lives that we would understand that following Jesus is trusting, relying on, hoping in, obeying Him. And we pray that you would do that in our hearts. In Christ's name, amen.